Well, we could just keep doing that all day, right? It's like best day of the week, isn't it? You get to come and just lift high the name of Jesus with your church family. I'm so glad you're here. I told you, man, I, I really missed you guys last week, and I'm so thankful for Ben uh, preaching God's word and being faithful to that. We were down in North Carolina. We were celebrating Adrian and Jeannie's wedding. Congrats to you guys. That was a lot of fun. And uh, so we, we, it was, we, we had a really good time. But I got to tell you, I, I'm just fired up to be here and get to preach God's word with you this morning. Are you, are you guys having a good summer? Are you having a good summer? Like so many of you, I'm looking around, I'm like, man, I, we need to catch up. I feel like I've missed you and, and I haven't had a chance to talk with you in a while. Uh, how many of you uh, have seen a good summer blockbuster movie already this summer? Like, okay, so most of you. I have not seen any of the summer blockbuster movies. I think the last movie I saw was like, uh, Lego Batman at the cheap theater a few few months ago. Like, I, I have totally missed out on these. I think Carissa went uh, to see Wonder Woman with a few of you ladies, and, and I was okay with that. You know, you, you do your thing. Uh, but um, at some point, I need to, I, we need to go. I got to go on a date with her, and we got to go see a summer movies. Listen, we love going to the movies because we love stories, right? Stories are fun. And so I am fired up this morning to jump into the book of Jonah. So why don't you find your Bibles and let's open to the book of Jonah, get into this story here. I realize I'm going to have to take uh, a few minutes and let you find Jonah. Uh, There's a a few books around it that might be helpful, like Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum. Yeah, that wasn't helpful at all, was it? (laughs) Those of you with the Bible app, you're going to find it a lot faster. Here's the deal. Let me give you just a little, a little bit of information on this as we jump into this. Jonah is what we consider one of the minor prophets, okay? Some of the major prophets would be like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. Uh, uh, Jonah's one of the minor prophets, not because it's less important, it's just shorter. Y'all in favor of a short story? We're cool with that? Well, here's the deal. Uh, what, what's unique about the book of Jonah is normally when, when, when you're in the, in the prophets, you're, you're hearing the words of the prophet and hearing their prophecies. But the thing about Jonah is Jonah is a story about a prophet. And I'm pretty confident y'all have heard of Jonah before, right? I mean, you, I'm losing my mic here. Sorry, I apologize. You guys, have, you have heard of the story of Jonah and the, come on, say it. Jonah and the whale. Although, um, do you know Jonah's not about a whale? Sorry, I'm like getting all crazy here. I I realize that some of you are are like going to be snarky and and say uh, it was a great fish. It wasn't a whale. Uh, But do you know that the great fish only gets like three verses in the entire book? I know that's what stands out to us because it's really fantastic and I get that. That's what you're going to remember. And yet the the book of Jonah, the story of Jonah is not about a whale. It's not about a great fish. In fact, it's not even really about Jonah. This story is so rich and complex and satirical and and it's got irony and and, and characters doing the exact opposite of what we would expect them to do. And and there's plot twists and and it's really hard to kind of nail down one major theme. There's all sorts of things that are going on in the book. It's really complex like that. There's themes of obedience and repentance and judgment and mercy and evangelism. But but what we're going to find is The book's not about Jonah. It's about God. 
And that's what gets me fired up this morning, that you would encounter God through this, that we would see how great and glorious he is. And as we get into the text, one of the things that's just going to come screaming off the page through this is that God is sovereign. That's a, that's a big word that just means that he's in control. All right, he is in control of everything that he has made. The land, the sea, you're gonna see it in the storms, you're gonna see it in the boat, you'll see it in the fish, you'll see it in the plant, you'll see it in a pagan city. In fact, what's, what's interesting is that almost everything in the book obeys God except for Jonah. Uh, but you're just gonna see God's sovereignty over it all. But you're also gonna see God's heart. And that's why I'm really excited for you because I think as we get into this story, you're going to see God's heart for you. I've been seeing God's heart for me and God's heart for the nations and, and even people that we don't like. People that we wouldn't really be excited about him loving. So it's gonna get personal and I just cannot wait for you to encounter him because he is so marvelous. And, uh, listen, as, as we do this, uh, like always, uh, we want to be a church uh, that we're not just hearers of the word, we are doers as well. And so uh, as, as we're getting through this, there may be opportunities for you uh, to really respond. God might be moving in your heart. Can I just encourage you to do that? There, uh, we, have a, we have a place for you to go that's it's like, this is the action spot in our church on our website that's called Next Steps, right? Everybody has a next step. And your next step might be responding to God's word based on what God is doing when he's preaching his word. So let's, let's, let's just be willing to do that. If God is moving in your heart, would you let us know? There's a spot there, there's a link. You can just get on there and tell us. How is God moving so that I'm not just gonna hear these things, but I wanna respond to these. But let's, let's jump into the story. We are going to catch up with uh, Jonah running from God. And, and I have to ask you, are, are you running from God? Is God trying to get your attention and you're trying to avoid him? Because you already know what he's going to say. And you, you know what he wants you to do. And you're just trying to get away from that. And to, like, here's the thing. If you're running from God, coming to church today was a really bad plan, right? You know that? Uh, or it was part of God's plan. And what I think what might even be more dangerous is that some of us might be running from God and we don't even realize it. And you're going to learn with Jonah that you can run, but you can't hide. I know that sounds like really trite or creepy, uh, but I really just want you to like, I, I want you to get this. This is so awesome. God is coming for you. And so as we jump into this, I just want to pray and ask God that he will bless the preaching of his word. Father, would you meet with us even in this moment? We've had a sweet time lifting high the name of Jesus. We don't want that to end. Would we? hear from you? Would you speak to us? Would we be more like you? God, we want to give you praise and glory for the fact that you're coming for us. God, I pray that you would convince us again that that's the best thing that could happen to us, and we need you to pursue us. And I pray that we would respond as you are moving. We'll give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. You there with me? You ready? Let's do this. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 says, Now the word of the Lord 
came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Now, if you are a prophet, if that's your line of work, then this is really good for business, right? I mean, like basic supply and demand. If you're a prophet and you need a word from the Lord, when God comes down and gives you a word, that's a really good day. The thing that's really shocking about it is it's not a word for Israel. Now, normally, not always, but most of the time when the prophets are coming to speak a word, it's because God's got a word for his people. But here's what he says, verse 2. He tells Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call against it, for their evil has come up before me. So, so the, he's telling them to go to Nineveh. Now, you got to understand, Nineveh is a city in a different country. It's not part of Israel. I realize this is the part in the Bible where we start to lose track of everything that's going on. You know, like I can get it with like Jesus and all those stories, but, but when, when we're with like the kings and, and there's all these names and dates and cities and these kings and, and countries, and, and we just kind of start losing track of what's really going on. So Nineveh, just so you understand, when, when Jonah heard the word Nineveh, when the people in Israel would have heard that city, they're not getting warm fuzzies, okay? They're probably getting a lot of Nineveh in their newsfeed every morning. Because Nineveh is the capital city of Assyria. And, and Assyria is a superpower. And they're a big deal. And, and they're kind of a wicked, evil nation, obviously. And, and, and they're kind of ruthless. And, and so when you would have heard Nineveh, that would not have been something that would have thrilled your heart to hear that. I, I try to think it's really hard for us to kind of get an appreciation, kind of a correlation, because, uh, you know, we're a superpower, but, but just pretend like if God were to send you to, I don't know, like Beijing or, or Moscow or Pyongyang, North Korea, something like that, you're like, it's the enemy, right? We don't want to go there. But God is sending Jonah to them. And, and here's the mission. You see it there, verse two, call out against it. I want you to go pronounce judgment on that city. Why? Why? It says, for their evil has come up before me. That's not like God hadn't noticed it before, like he wasn't paying attention. Uh, no, this just means that it got so bad, it, it was so evil that, that finally God's like, I'm stepping in and I'm going to do something about this. Jonah, I'm sending you. Now, can I just tell you, that should have been a pretty sweet assignment. I mean, you think about it, like if you're Jonah, you're, you get to travel. That's kind of cool, right? I mean, you're going to get to go explore the world, world a little bit. And, and we know, like, he's not afraid of flying or anything, like, or boats. He's about to get in a boat. So, so he, it's, it's not that. You, you get to go if you've got any kind of spirit of adventure. You get, we get to go sightseeing, right? And I realize that Nineveh might not be, like, the greatest vacation destination. It's kind of in enemy territory. But you get to go to your enemies, and you get to tell them, God's coming to judge you. That should have been a pretty sweet assignment, right? But what happens? Verse 3. You see it? Uh, he... But Jonah rose. So God told him, arise. There he is. He's, he's rising. Uh, but, okay, so humor me for just a minute. Uh, I realize that you all know uh, how this goes. You know what happens. But can you just pretend for just a minute you've never heard this? You don't know what's going to happen. So it's like really shocking when, when we read this. Can you do that? Okay, let's read verse three. Uh, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Come on, everybody. Show me your shocked face fantastic. Man, that was awesome. You guys are amazing. All right. He went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. Yeah, I'm going to throw a map up here. 
And this is Jonah's travel arrangements, or at least this was his plan, okay? And, and, and I realize most of you know, like I normally only throw maps up here so that I can use my laser pointer, but I didn't think it was necessary today because here's the point. Uh, here's, here's Israel, there's Joppa, there's where he's supposed to go, Nineveh, which direction is he going? Yeah, this is that moment where, where, where God tells him like, Jonah, I need you to go this direction. This is what I want you to do. And he's like, nope, I'm going the opposite way. And every parent in the room just went, yep. <laughs> know how that's like, right? You know what I'm saying? Okay, so this is not a good day in the Hohenschel household when this happens with my kids. And they decide they're going to do the exact opposite of what I, I say. Like, hey, guys, I need you to, I, I, this is what I need you to do, accomplish today. Go this direction. And they look at me. They give me one of those looks like, dad's an idiot. I'm not doing that. And I'm going the exact opposite way. Jonah is running. It says he's running from the presence of the Lord. He's running from God, which means he's really disobeying. And can I tell you, disobedience never takes you in a good direction. Disobedience is never going to take you in a good direction. Some of you may need to hear this this morning because you're, you're listening to what God says and what he wants and, and the way that he wants you to go. And, and sometimes you're like, I just don't like that. I don't want that. But that's hard. I don't know if I can do that. Can I just like plead with you to hear this as a warning? Like, don't go there. And, and it's not going to take you where you think it will. In fact, there's a, a, a storytelling device here in the text. Look at it again, verse 3. Notice it says, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went, say it, he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. So which way is he really going? Can we just learn this this morning? Disobedience will always take you down. Disobedience will always take you down. Uh, please don't believe the lie of sin. It just wants to deceive you, okay? Uh, disobedience can't deliver. It only disappoints. It's not going to work out. See, Jonah thinks, I got a better idea. I, I got a better plan. God, I don't like what you're saying. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to go in my direction. And, and sneak preview, it's not going to work out so well for him, is it? You know what's coming. He's, he's, there's going to be this massive storm, and he's going to get thrown into the sea, and, and that whale fish is going to come and swallow him. I just going to say, personally, my worst nightmares confirmed. I would hate that. And at some point, you got to think that if he's the belly of the whale, he's thinking, this is not what I planned. This is not how I thought this was going to go. You have to know that if you are sinning, if you're disobeying, you're running from it, disobedience will take you down and somewhere you are going to hit rock bottom. James McDonald has said it this way, you choose to sin, you choose to suffer. If you choose to sin, you choose to suffer. And I hate that some of you know that. You've learned that the hard way. Some of you have pain in your life, right? You have a mess you're dealing with. You have scars to kind of prove it. Doing your thing hasn't done you a lot of good. 
and at some point we all start to have to pick up the consequences and the pieces of our choices to run from God and we start to, like, why? The people that have been ravaged by the effects of divorce because somewhere along the line they thought, you know what, I, I, I know what God says, I know what he wants, I know what he's asking me, but you know what, I can't see any other way out of this. I don't want that, I don't love them, I don't like them, they're mean to me, I don't like the way they treat me, and, and I just think it's gonna be better for me if I just do it my way. I'm gonna go my direction, and lives are ripped apart because of it. And people are hurt. Or people, some, some people are like, this whole like, God's thing, it's boring. And I, and I don't always want to be in the straight and narrow. I want to have fun, man. I want to do my thing. I want to go out and have a party. I want, and yeah, that, that hangover looks like it's a lot of fun, doesn't it? And, and sex outside of God's design for marriage. And you, you say, like, you don't know how like, hard it is. It, just, it's, it feels so good, and, 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 and everybody's doing it. And, and, and why does God have to? It's like prudish. And like, I'm just telling you, you're going to get to the end of that, and you realize there's guilt, and, 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 and your heart is being ripped apart. There's emptiness there. You want that? And people that are up to their eyeballs in debt because I, I'm pursuing that almighty dollar. I got to get it and I got to keep up with everybody else. And I'm, I know what God says, but I got to get here. And, and even believers where, where God's saying, like, I really want you to be involved in church. And you're like, that's not that big of a deal, right? I need weekends are for me time. I need to be able to go do my thing. I need to be able to travel. I need to have some freedom. I got to be able to, uh, church will be there when I, when I, when I get there. I don't know. And, and that whole small group thing, Man, you don't understand my schedule. It's, it's super late. It's a lot of work. I, you know, I, it's, it's just hard to get there. I'm really tired. I got other things that are going on. And you want me to go hang out with those? And can I just say, like, the people you're asking me to hang out with, I don't really like them. And it's, they're weird. And, and we're not in the same stage of life. And this is really hard. And then you get to the end of it and you realize I have no community. I have nobody that knows me. I have nobody that's there to help me. I'm isolated and I'm dealing with all the pain. What I'm trying to say to you, loved ones, is that disobedience will take you down and you are going to be dealing with the consequences when you run from God. Someone has said it like this. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay. And cost you more than you want to pay. Can we just be done with this notion that we know better than God? Like, stop running. It's not worth it. You don't have a better idea. Your plan is not going to work. When God commands, it is always best to obey. And Jonah's got this mission, right? But he just doesn't want to do it. And I realize that most of us in here are like, well, I'm not like Jonah. I'm not, it's not me. I'm not running. My, 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 me, me, me and God, we're, like, we're, we're in a good place. I'm, I mean, I'm here. I'm in church. We're in a really good place. But do you know that any sin is disobedience? Whether it's something you commit, and it's something that you do that you shouldn't do, or whether it's something that you omit, something you don't do that you should be doing. Can I give you an example of that? Would that be okay? We have a mission, don't we? Our mission's a little bit different than Jonah's. You know it. Matthew 28. 
You, 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 you recognize this right there. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And you're like, oh, that's our mission state forever church. That's, we're we're going to glorify God through the fulfillment of the great commission. So, so I, here's the thing. You don't get to check the box that I'm making disciples of all nations just because I go to a church that's doing that. This is actually an individual commandment too. This is a mandate for you. Are you making disciples of all nations? Can I just ask you, when is the last time that you opened up your mouth and shared the good news of Jesus with boldness. When's the last time you intentionally got into a conversation with someone, I want to tell you about Christ. I want, I want to help make disciples right where I'm at. When, when is the last time you had that conversation? Last week? Been a couple of weeks? Been a couple of months? Been longer than a couple of months? Can I just ask, why? Are, are you missing opportunities? Why? Like, I realize there are any number of reasons that we would come up with for that. Like, I, man, if I open my mouth, I, I don't know what to say, and I won't have all the answers. I'm going to let the pastor do that because they know, the, right, you went to Bible school. That's what you do. And, and, and if I say something, they, I don't know how they're going to respond to me, and they may not like it, and they may get angry at me, or I may get in trouble at work, and, and I just don't know how they're going to respond. And, and, and this is not one of those, like, you know what, I agree. Um, that, 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 that's probably something uh, that I should get around to at, at some point. No, no, no. This is God has commanded, and so if you're not doing this, then what would that be? Disobedience, right? And so maybe, just maybe, it's possible that some of us have been running from God and we didn't even realize it. And no matter what it is that God has either asked you to do or asked you not to do, it's time to stop running just because you don't like what he's asked of you. But I really, my heart would hate for you to think that this is just a do this, don't do this. I actually want to get a little bit deeper. What is going on in, can I ask the question like why? Why is Jonah running? That's my question this morning. What's the problem, Jonah? What's the problem? Like clearly he's going in the wrong direction, does not want to do what God has asked of him. What's the deal? Well, in order to answer that, uh, we actually need to jump to uh, Jonah chapter four. I know that's a no-no. Uh, that's not where the text leads us, but I want to go to Jonah chapter four. And, and this is uh, driving some of you nuts. You're like, I can't believe you're one of those guys that reads the last chapter of a book before we finish. And like, uh, you're just going to have to get over it. Uh, love you. But here we are, Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. This is, I just really want us to be able to understand what's going on in, in, in Jonah's heart, why he would do this, okay? Uh, Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. It displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. Why was he angry? Well, because Nineveh didn't get taken out. He was going out looking for fireworks, and he didn't get any. So he's He's fired up. God, why didn't you do that? And, and here's what he says, verse two. And he prayed to the Lord and he said, oh Lord, wait, let me get the right uh, tone here. Oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew, I knew this was gonna happen. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, relenting from disaster. So, so Jonah's like really ticked off and he starts to point the finger at God. And, and you know what he actually does? He starts quoting scripture. 
He starts quoting scripture. This is actually a really important passage. This is where uh, the Lord, Yahweh, had revealed himself to Moses. You'll remember this from back in Exodus chapter 33. That's where Moses said, God, he's up on Mount Sinai. He says, God, show me your glory. And, and God says like, bro, if I do that to you, you're gonna die. So, so I'm, gonna, I'll, 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 I'm gonna hide you in the cleft of the rock. I'm gonna put my hand in front of you. I'll pass by, I'll let you see my back. I'll let you see a little bit. If you see all of me, you're dead. Okay, we need to like pay, preach that passage though. We need to get it, that's awesome. So, so he's gonna see a little bit of a glimpse of God's glory. Then in Exodus chapter 34, God comes down to give him uh, the stone tablets with the law. And, and it says, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful, and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. There it is. Keeping steadfast love for thousands and forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Note, Jonah left that part out. And he also leaves out, but who will by no means clear the guilty? This is God revealing who he is. And so, so here's Jonah, Ace is like the Bible trivia. Like you get a sticker for your memory verse, but you just see how he's like throwing it in God's face, right? Like these, these words should have seeped into his soul and given him a sense of wonder and, and humility. These words are, should have been soothing and amazing, but to a hard heart, they're irritating. And he's like, yeah, you're merciful, you're gracious, you're loving, but... They don't deserve it. I deserve it, but they don't deserve it. And I don't want to have anything to do with a God who's going to treat those kind of people like that. I don't want it. And what we're going to see is, like, Jonah's got a problem, right? We're going to see that, that God's salvation is scandalous to prideful sinners. Jonah's got a problem. It's a heart problem. He does not love God. He's full of hate. He's full of pride. He wants his enemies destroyed. So God sends him on a mission knowing this mission is going to reveal his heart. And Jonah wants nothing to do with it. And God knows he's going to run because he has a hard heart. But Jonah's problem is our problem. Because anytime we disobey, it's because of our desires. It's because we want to. And we don't want God. We want to do our own thing. And what we learn about ourselves in Jonah is that our hearts run. That's the problem. My heart runs. It's almost like when, when you go to the grocery store, you ever, uh, you go to the store and, and you ever, have you ever picked the wrong cart? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you pick the wrong cart, you don't realize it until about like two aisles in and, 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 and you pick the stupid cart is what you did. And, and it's got a mind of its own and like you're, you're like, I'll let you know when it's time to go left and it just wants to, it's, it just wants to go that direction. But, but at that point, you're, too, you're already committed. You're like, whatever. So by the time you get done, grocery shopping is full. It's, you're like trying to turn this thing into the checkout lane and like everybody's looking at you weird. You got a stupid cart. That's what happens with our hearts. We're just prone to go that direction. We want our sin. My heart runs. It naturally runs. Here's the thing. I know most of us are thinking like, nah, my heart's good. Like I got a, I got, I'm a good-hearted person. Like I, 
I'm a good harper. No, no, no. See the, see, the overwhelming testimony of Scripture, stories like this, stories like Jonah. We get so much of this in the Old Testament. Well, you, you, I mean, you, you got Adam and Eve, they sin. You got Noah, he starts to look like a good guy, but then he's laying naked and drunk in his tent, and like, so he's not so good. And then you get Abraham, and he's lying, and Isaac, he lies too. Jacob, he's a trickster. His family's a hot mess. Uh, God's people, God does all this stuff for the nation of Israel, and they just keep complaining and whining and running back to their idols and sin, and, and then they don't want God, and so they ask for a king, and when we get the kings, and one wicked king after another, and you get all these fallen heroes, the testimony of Scripture is like a a mirror revealing the same tendency in my own heart. My heart runs. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. When we have hearts that run, that's, that's a really bad place to be, isn't it? But I love that that's not the end. I want you to see there's these words back in Jonah chapter 1. He's on the run. He doesn't want anything to do with God. He's getting as far away from him as he possibly can. But I want you to see these three words that change everything. I want you to see uh, there in verse 4. Uh, look at these words. But the Lord. That's awesome. And, and those words are so pregnant with anticipation because we know what God's about to do. I love God's not going to let him go. And one of the things that we learn about him, and I want you to note this, God pursues us when we're in a bad place. God pursues us when we're in a bad place. Are you starting to see it? The story's not about a fish. The story's not even really about Jonah. This story is about our great God. We learn something about our God, that he pursues, he chases are you in a bad place today? I mean, Jonah, he, he, he's trying to get away from God, but God's not done with Jonah. Even when Jonah doesn't want it, God is coming for him. And God is not done with you. He's coming for you. I want to convince you that that's an awesome thing. Because remember, disobedience will always take you down. Sin leaves us in a mess. Jonah is failing in his mission, but praise God for the one who did not fail in his mission. And we know this mission, right? Romans 5, verse 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, we weren't looking for God. We're not running for God. We were running away from God. That's the testimony of Scripture. We want nothing to do with him in our rebellious sin. That's when Christ died for us and the Father sent his Son. That's his mission. And Jesus obeyed in his mission so that he could pursue us, so that he could rescue us from our sin. He, he could... He could arrest our hearts while we were running from him. And I love that he's faster than us and he brings us back to himself. You see, sin makes us really stupid that we think that we could get away from the presence of the Lord. And, and it was so foolish for, for, for Jonah to think that he could flee from the, the Lord, but so wonderful for us that we can know that no matter how far we have run, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness because of Christ. So are you in a bad place? Doesn't matter how far you've run. I don't know where you're at. But you can't outrun him when he's coming for you. God pursues. And this is the testimony of grace in my life, that God, 
He chased me. Thinking about this last night, isn't just, Lord, you pursued me. I remember when I was running after other things. I didn't want anything to do with you. I might have said I did. My heart was so far. But God chased me, and he chose me. And even when I was still running, he still pursues. It reminded me of the testimony of one of my favorite authors. Now, many of you know that uh, C.S. Lewis, before he came to Christ, was a proud and determined atheist. You know that, right? Well, in his uh, autobiographical work, Surprised by Joy, he actually recounts uh, his conversion to theism. And he, and he said it this way, in the Trinity term of 1929, I gave in and admitted that God was God and knelt and prayed. Perhaps that night, the most dejected and reluctant convert in all England. I did not see then what is now the most shining and obvious thing. The divine humility which will accept the convert even on such terms. The prodigal son at least walked home on his own two feet. But who can duly adore that love which will open high the gates to a prodigal who is brought in kicking and struggling and resentful and darting his eyes in every direction for a chance of escape? It's grace. It's always been grace. That God would love us even in the moments where we're running and we don't want anything to do with him. And grace tells me that until he changes my heart, until he steps in, until he pursues, even when I'm running, he's still chasing. Is he pursuing you? Is God coming for you? I, I had a, a, a conversation recently in a coffee shop with one of the guys in our church that just gave his life to Christ just recently in the last couple of months. And, and the first time we were sitting down to talk, uh, he was telling me why he had decided to come check out church. It had been a long time. He did not grow up in, the, in kind of the church tradition that we're in. And, and, and so he was telling, he, he said, um, it just seems like there's been a lot of coincidences, you know? Almost, and he said it was kind of like, it's almost like, uh, basically he was saying, it's almost like God's like trying to get my attention. I think he is. We had the opportunity to look at the grace of God and God stepped in and saved him miraculously. Are you in a bad place this morning? Have you been running? Have you been running and not even realizing it? Is he trying to get a hold of you? He is the hound of heaven. And I hope you hear him closing in on you. Because that's an awesome thing. Remember, he's, he's gracious. He's merciful. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in steadfast love. And so we keep our eyes on the cross. And we just don't forget this. That even though I am ever running, he is ever chasing. Amen? It's his grace that would turn us around to follow him. Father, I just pray that you would do that in our hearts, you'd do that in our lives, that we would long for you. God, we just confess that in, left to ourselves, 
we would never seek you. We just wouldn't. We want our own thing. God, I love that you have stepped in. I love that you chase us and you pursue us, save us where we're at. Thank you for the gospel, Lord God. And while we're praying, I would just ask, we, wanna, we, we don't want to leave this. Have you been running? Has there been disobedience in your own heart? You know the problem. Can you see the solution? It's Jesus. Would you see him high and lifted up? Maybe, you, maybe right now you've been running your whole life and you just need to trust Jesus to save you. You need to confess your sin, repent of that sin, and ask him right now. Ask him to save you. But many of you did that a long time ago. I know that. But you've still been running. Would you just let the gospel wash over you right now? And if that's you, I just want you to take a moment. Just pray. Say, Lord, I don't want to run anymore. Thank you for chasing me.
I made what I'm 